You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So we're going to have to fly a little bit, getting somewhat of a late start, but um, I think I think we could do this. There isn't a ton I wanted to get to today anyways. There's really just uh, two things. There's updates, which there aren't too many, and uh, one particular topic that I want to hit from a couple different angles. So I guess we'll just do the updates, take a break, and then uh, do the other thing, because, you know, again, short on time. So there were a couple different roster moves. I'm sure several people uh, did this, but I'll give a shout-out to Mr. J.J. Leahy, who apparently is Mr. Breaking News Guy now. First guy I saw it from, so... Um, apparently, the Green Bay Packers moved Mr. Perry Nickerson to IR. be completely honest, I don't know anything about the guy, so there you go. Wide receiver Kalijah Lipscomb was cut... I do know who that is, but I also forgot that that person was on our team. And then finally, the news you've all been waiting for, Mr. James Burgess, linebacker, was added to the active roster. That's right, a real-life player at a position of need from another team being put not just on our team, but on the active roster. Probably because that's required, but still. Everything about that story is really, really exciting, except for the part where nobody knows who James Burgess is. Also, the part where you can probably guess that I'm going to tell you he's not very good. That would be the other issue. He was an undrafted free agent in 2016 out of Louisville. And yes, that does in fact mean that he was on the uh, same defensive team as Jair Alexander in 2015. He actually graded out higher than Jair did in 2015 by PFF. I'm just saying. But, you know, Jair went to the NFL and is still considered the top uh, corner in football, whereas uh, James Burgess... Well, again, you know, undrafted free agent to the Miami Dolphins. Played actually kind of a lot um, for Cleveland. He somehow ended up on Cleveland's team in 2017. 646 snaps, 13 pressures, which is actually a lot. This guy's actually really good at... You know what I wonder if this is? It's not, but it just feels a lot like this is a we-want-our-own-Devin-White kind of thing. Six foot 230, so you would assume he's fast, except he runs a 4.72. But you look at a guy who grades out terribly in everything, except he's really good at getting to the quarterback. Now, granted, I think most linebackers and safeties and things end up getting to the quarterback at a higher rate, so I should probably adjust my metrics for linebackers. But still, he had 13 pressures in 2017 on 107 attempts, three pressures on nine attempts, and then seven pressures on 53 attempts over his three years, two with Cleveland, one with New York. Um, I mean, look, I, to summarize, of course, he's had good days. Everybody has. Uh, 2019, if you want to just go back and use Game Pass or whatever to find a really, really good game, uh, week 14 in 2019, Jets versus the Miami Dolphins. He had a 90.8 overall grade. I can point you to a couple other 
decent games if you're super interested in doing that. You know, if you want to go on Twitter and be like a lot of those guys who find those cut-ups of those four plays where he's really good and to try to get everybody hyped up to show how great and elite this guy's going to be, and then i got to hear it for the next four years about how why don't we put this guy in the active roster. He's so good because Joe Blow put together a Twitter clip of four plays where he was really good. If you want to be that guy, I'll hook you up. I'll tell you what games to go look at. However, when you look at the full body of work, He's never graded out positively over the course of a season in any one category. Defense overall, run defense, tackling, pass rush, coverage. 58.8 is the highest he's graded at anything ever over the course of the year. That was his run defense grade in 2019. So as always, not trying to just dog the guy. Um, He probably grades out about as well as a bunch of our other linebackers. So hopefully he can uh, come in and do some kind of a thing. Not entirely sure what that would be. But, uh, you know, feel free to get excited, not excited, whatever you want to do. Anyways, we got to take a break already. And in this break, I want to talk to you about Iron Jock. Brand spanking new sports athletic wear company out of Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, who make not only extremely comfortable clothing, but high-tech clothing. They've got polo shirts, vests, workout shirts, sweatshirts, shorts, socks, and underwear, running jackets, hoodies, and pants. All apparel items are infused with nano-silver with their proprietary silver ion technology process that provides permanent odor protection for the lifetime of the fabric. The silver ion is released when it gets wet, and it is scientifically proven. He talked to me about this whole process, sending it out to the lab and getting the results back or whatever. Kills 99.9% of bacteria and fungus, which as I've said, usually when companies say 99.9, that means 100, but they're not legally allowed to say 100. So just trust me, you're not going to notice the difference between 99.9 and 100. The Enduratec fabric, the proprietary fabric, is also wicking and fast-drying, breathable, and anti-static. And if you get the Enduratec Plus fabric, which is in their long pants, shorts, hoodies, and running jackets, it is also water-repellent. So please go to ironjock.com, that's I-R-O-N-J-O-C.com. Follow them on Facebook and on Twitter, at Ironjock. And if you're looking to make a little bit of money, mybookie.ag is probably the place to be. As of right now, the Green Bay Packers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't know how you feel about it. If you're super pessimistic... Maybe stay away from this one or possibly take the Texans. Just don't tell anybody in the group about it. They're not going to be too happy. They don't want to hear about it, I promise. But if you're feeling like this is bounce back central, you know, it's just that after the bye week thing, everybody assumes they're down. You have no idea what's about to happen. One of the worst defenses in football, still one of the best offenses in football. They're going to blow this team out. I'm telling you, three and a half points is easy money. If that's where your head's at, I'm not telling you what to do. You do whatever you want to do. Also, hilariously, the Atlanta Falcons are favored over the Lions. That makes me so happy. I'm a little confused by it, but it makes me happy. I mean, I get it, but I I don't. Patriots are favored over San Francisco. My goodness, what a great life. What a great world we're living in. Rams, massively favored over the Bears. we got to talk about that at some point. This is a big week. But today, all I want to talk about is mybookie.ag. I've already talked about many people who have made good amounts of money. And believe me, I have no intention of steering you wrong because several people who have cashed in have kicked a little bit my way. So I only want you to be successful. So if it's okay with you, if it's okay with the wife and the kids and the family, if you got a little bit of extra side scratch, you're trying to figure out what to do with it, maybe I can go out to the bar, get a couple of this, that, or the other, get a burger and fries, maybe... I'll take it to mybookie.ag, put in promo code OVERTIME, and they're going to double my deposit. I'm going to take this 20 bucks extra money, put it toward my bookie. Overtime, they're going to give me another 20 bucks. I got 40 bucks. Good to go. Do yourself a favor. Check out mybookie.ag. Use promo code OVERTIME when you make your new account and put your first deposit down. You won't regret it. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. 
What's us days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right. So that was actually pretty good with time. We're getting through all that stuff. Got a solid 20 minutes. So here's the main thing because it, it just, we had a loss and some people through their grieving process go into this psychotic, we got to sign somebody mode. And I think that's kind of coupled with, for some reason, there was a flurry. Maybe I missed it. I don't know what's going on. There was an article released or something. There was a flurry of, what about this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, especially wide receivers, because again, similar to the draft, doesn't matter. You could have six elite wide receivers. You go back to the 20, I don't know what it would be, 2010, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there, we had a bunch of wide receivers. If we had drafted a wide receiver in the first round, everybody'd still be excited because nobody cares. Apparently that's how it is in free agency as well. Now, I understand our offense didn't look all that great, but I think you guys are being a little bit silly thinking that bringing in John Ross would have helped us to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because Aaron Rodgers couldn't even connect with Devontae Adams hardly. There's no way some subpar wide receiver who's done nothing in his career is going to revitalize this whole thing. And that's that's kind of the main crux of what I want to get at. And again, from several different perspectives. A lot of people are psychotically obsessed with this because it's it's just the notion that, and, and, and on its face, maybe it kind of makes sense, if we just forget about the actual talent, and if we just assume this person is going to come here and is going to fix this team, the question is, do you give up X, Y, and Z to get this result? And I think you could possibly make an argument for it, right? Well, look at this team and this team and this team. They all did it, and they've, well, not really had any success. You know, Saints have done a ton of that. The Jaguars did a ton of that. They got close. The Bears did a ton of that. They got into the playoffs. It's usually more of a success or a failure. But then again, again, 31 teams fail. So, And I saw somebody yesterday say, well, look at the Chiefs. They just signed Le'Veon Bell. First of all, you're, you're talking retroactively. They didn't sign a lot of people to win the Super Bowl. They signed a guy after the Super Bowl, and he's not doing anything. He's not going to do anything. I don't even know why he's there. So so even that is kind of a, what, what exactly is Le'Veon Bell going to do for the Kansas City Chiefs? And again, I'd be more willing to engage with these conversations if those people would genuinely acknowledge the damage that it does. Again, look at the Jaguars. Um, the, the, the Saints haven't completely collapsed yet, but that is absolutely 1,000% coming. They've continued to push back and push back Drew Brees. They've signed a bunch of people. This is all based on win now. When Drew goes, this thing just collapses, and it's already starting to collapse even with him there. So it's just, it's, it's, it's failing badly. 
Um, you could say the Bears, although they're kind of looking fairly decent. But it's, you know, all the people that they're adding, all the wide receivers that they've added, the only person they've added that means anything is Khalil Mack. And that one's painfully simple. But at the same time, the reason everything else around them is failing is because they don't have any money, despite still not even signing their quarterback yet, which they're not going to. But if they did, that would be a disaster. And they've had no draft picks. So they've had no early picks to be able to help build up this this roster. So it does have negative implications. And if people were more willing to acknowledge that and say, you know what, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with what is 100,000% going to damage the future if it means winning today. Because I think we can navigate, you know, we'll, we'll manage, you know, it hurts a little bit, but, you know, we'll be fine. Which, by the way, if Zadarius and Preston continue this way, as great as last year was, would you say that that was maybe somewhat of a bad idea? The one time we got our way and the GM goes out and gets a bunch, you know, pays a bunch of high-priced guys. Now look, we're talking about possibly getting rid of Bakhtiari. We probably won't, but Bakhtiari, Lindsley, Kevin King, Aaron Jones. We can't pay all these guys because we have a bunch of money tied up. Where? In pass rushers that aren't producing anything right now. In a offensive guard who is now a tackle, that is the worst offensive lineman on this team. And Adrian Amos, who I like a lot, that's done nothing this year. Every single guy that, that Gutekunst picked up and paid so far this year, kind of wish he hadn't. I mean, I'm still hoping that there's a little bit of a bounce back and Zadarius figures something out. Preston maybe gets a sack sometime this year. Um, Amos doesn't have the worst year of his entire career. But I'm not looking at a bunch of huge success stories in free agency. I just don't see it. I think people like the idea of it. I think that people like the theory behind it. But I don't think any of it is rational. I just think there's a general feeling of they're not doing anything. And we just have to do something, which, you know, we can go down a path of that's a problem with society in general, I think. I, you know, won't go too far down that path because people get mad. But, but we do that all the time. Here's a problem. What can we do? Nothing really. How dare you? We must do something. It's, I mean, it's not going to fix anything. We have to do it. Just for the sake of doing something, we have to do something, because then I feel like I did something. And then when it goes horribly wrong, well, at least we did something. What were you going to do? Right? Same thing. So there's not a huge amount of success stories out there. Of course there's some. But for every one that you can Google and find out, and like, what was one good... There's 50 that everybody's banging the table for, screaming for, that didn't do anything. Almost every single name that people are screaming for in free agency has produced nothing. Earl Thomas. I wanted Earl Thomas. Where's Earl Thomas? Who was that guy the Jets picked up, that cornerback that we just desperately needed? I don't even remember his name. Johnson or something. Whatever. Biggest name in free agency. Gotta get him. Everybody's furious because the Jets got him. Oh, our GM doesn't do anything. We should have got that guy. The Jets got him. One of the worst corners in football when he goes, I don't know why. Because these guys genuinely are very good when they go to those teams, but then they're just not good anymore. I don't know why. Probably has something to do with the system or the scheme or something. And plus, a lot of these guys, they're only good for a year. So they're bad, 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 really good, make a bunch of money and are bad again. But some of these guys are just good for two or three years or whatever. And so they cash in, they get some big money, then it all just falls apart. Probably because the system that built them is no longer around. The players that they work with... All that stuff is gone. And, and, of course, they're not going to take that into into consideration. Maybe if they have multiple to pick from, they're going to try to go to one where they can have success. But, first of all, some of these are trades, so they have no say anyways. And, and, and a lot of these, it's just somebody offers you the most money, you take it. That's the point of being in the NFL. And then you just go there and you give it your all, just like you did on that team. And it just happened to work out, and here it doesn't work out. But there's just this feeling of, if we just bring somebody in, that'll fix it. Why don't we just get a linebacker? Who? Who do you want to get? 
Here's another tweet from JJ as another way to kind of uh, look at this. The last 10 players the Packers traded for, Deshaun Kaiser, Antonio Morrison, the linebacker, Ryan Grant, the running back, Carlton Brewster, the wide receiver, Vernon Morency, running back, Robert Thomas, linebacker, Brad Bettle, tackle, Al Harris, DB, there you go, David Brandt, the offensive lineman, and Derek Combs, the DB. So again, this is a situation where people say, well, what about Al Harris? Remember what that did? You're telling me that didn't do anything? Okay, you're willing to talk about Aaron, uh, Al Harris. Tell me about Vernon Morency or any of the other names on this list that did nothing. I shouldn't say maybe nothing, but certainly didn't change the, the trajectory of the team. Let me get this from another angle, and I'm, I'm sorry this is a really short episode, but this is the last way we're looking at this because i got to go. i got eight minutes, and I'm getting out of here on time. So let's say we want to do a blockbuster trade, right? We're, we're talking big time. We're going all in. We're not talking free agency because obviously the people that are available are not very good. We know that. We understand that. We're not dumb, right? Super smart people here. So what do we want to do? Well, let's get a linebacker. Let's trade for a really elite linebacker. So what are we looking for? We're looking for a really good linebacker, obviously, right? That's that's what we need. Not some just average run-of-the-mill guy. We're looking for really, really solid. Well, according to this, the old PFF, we've got 14 linebackers that are in the 70s or above. Of that, 10 are good in coverage, which obviously is a, is a need. So we've got Kevin Pierre-Lewis in Washington, guy who has not been on the same team for more than uh, two years in a row since 2015 and 2016 on Seattle. He was in Chicago last year, actually graded out quite well, but usually plays in a pretty limited role. Um, And even if you look at his week-to-week, he's actually only had two good weeks and a bunch of bad weeks, but, you know, because one was elite, it kind of averages out. So probably not that guy. I'm looking for a little bit more consistency. We got Malcolm Smith in Cleveland. Guy's been pretty terrible his whole career. He's had three out of six good games, but you kind of assume he's going to come here and not do very well because, again, he's never really been any good. He's just kind of off to a decent start. So, I mean, we could risk it, but you know he's going to come here and not be good. Plus, he's 31 years old. There's Jamie Collins, who is uh, currently in Detroit. Guy also gets shipped around constantly. Went from Cleveland to New England to Detroit. Um He's had three bad games and two really good games, so not a lot of consistency, and he's old. Nick Kwiatkowski, we kind of missed the boat on, but he's also extremely inconsistent. He's had one good game out of three. He's only played three games this year for the Raiders. He's also horrible against the run and is a terrible tackler, but he's really good in coverage. Jared Davis, almost the exact same situation. He's bad more often than he's good, but he was really good in coverage twice. He's a terrible tackler, terrible against the run. Darius Leonard, who, as I've said, is one of the only actually good linebackers in the entire NFL, is not going to be getting traded to the Green Bay Packers, so that's a, uh, a dream. However, there you go. If you wanted one, that would be the guy. There's Levante David, but again, clearly not coming here. Fred Warner for the uh, the 49ers. He's having a good year, but he was terrible in 2018 and 2019. I mean, maybe, but he's also not good against the run, so you're kind of getting a guy that's intermittently pretty good in coverage, but... Um, you know, I don't know. We, we, we could call the 49ers, but we're going to have to give away a lot. And I genuinely just don't really care for the guy. 31-year-old K.J. Wright for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Again, not a great tackler, not great against the run, but he's doing good in coverage. And unfortunately, he's never really been good in coverage before. So I feel like this is kind of 2019, or what was it, 2018 Blake Martinez, where he was really bad, but had this flash of being really good in coverage, which was weird. K. 
came out of nowhere and then just disappeared because he's not actually good in coverage. So I don't think he is good in coverage. And he actually hasn't been a very good linebacker since like 2015, 2016. So I'm probably out on that. And then the last one is Miles Jack, um, who is off to a really great start, solid in every single category. The thing that scares me is that he was one of the worst linebackers in football last year and has never been quite this good. But if we want to call the Jaguars, they're having a little bit of a fire sale, maybe Miles Jack. The overall point here, though, is there isn't just an unlimited amount of people, and there's no perfect solution. There's no guy that guaranteed is coming in here and plugging this up. The only guy I would definitely feel comfortable with is Darius Leonard because he's always been good since day one. But then there's still the issue of maybe he comes here and is terrible because Blake Martinez right now is one of the top linebackers in football. The only reason he wasn't on my list is because, you know, the whole coverage thing he's not that good in. But he's still near the top of all linebackers. What happens if he comes here, do you think? Do you want to take a guess? Because I'm willing to bet it would be that he's bad. And we can do the same thing with defensive tackle. And the really crazy thing about defensive tackle is that although there are a few more guys that are pretty solid against the run, 70 and above, there's 30 guys. So roughly one per team. Here's the issue. Two of those guys are from the Packers. (laughs) Most teams, on average, have one. We have two. Kingsley Kiki is ranked 18th right now against the run. Tyler Lancaster is ranked 14th against the run. So what are we going to do? We're going to go out and get P.J. Hall, who's 25th against the run? And what's he going to do? We already got two guys in the top 30, two guys that are grading out as good against the run, and we can't stop the run. So what is bringing another guy in going to do? Point is... There's nobody that's going to save us, right? There's, there's like five guys in the league, no matter what one thing you want, right? We want a guy that's going to come in and just lock it down against the run. Okay, you got about five of those guys, and we're not getting any of them because the teams aren't letting them go. We want an elite pass rusher. Okay, well, you're not getting that, okay? Those guys don't get traded. I'm sorry. And we, we kind of already have it. They're just not performing, which leads me to my next question. What makes you think the next guy is going to come over and start performing? And on top of that, again, in the grand scheme of things, how much does it move the needle? So on about, you know, maybe four really big run plays turn into short run plays. Well, are we going to beat Tampa? No, we're not. We actually did okay against the run. We still lost. Who are we going to pick up that makes Aaron Rodgers not afraid? Is there just some right tackle just sitting out there? One of the worst guys in pass blocking last week was Elton Jenkins. Should we just replace him? We brought in a right tackle. Remember, we brought in one, and he's one that's really actually quite... That's another example. He's a really good right tackle. He's better than Billy Turner. He's not playing. Why? Because he doesn't understand Matt LaFleur's scheme very well. That was part of the problem. He came in at left tackle, and if you watch that video from Coach Hahn, pretty simple assignment. He didn't know what he was doing, and it blew up the whole play. So we bring somebody in that's better than Billy Turner. He doesn't play as well as Billy Turner because he doesn't understand things as well as Billy Turner, and he sits on the bench along with the other guy that we brought in to be better than Billy Turner but isn't. There's nobody we're going to go get that's going to fix this. We have the players. We need to play better. Period. John Ross has been consistently one of the worst wide receivers in football for four years, and every year we have to hear about how we should go get this guy because he has 4-2-2 speed. He's terrible. Really, really. Well, it's because he plays for Cincinnati. So did A.J. Green, one of the better wide receivers in football. So does Boyd, very good wide receiver. It has nothing to do with Cincinnati. And as far as A.J. Green, I've been on the A.J. Green hype train since forever simply because what my thought is, he's never been bad. He just never has, and until he proves that he's a bad wide receiver, I'm going to say that he's a good wide receiver. Guess what? He's been terrible this year. The wheels at 32 years old seem to have completely fallen off. I'm off the train. I'm off of it. I'm no longer interested. I was interested because I thought maybe he still had it. 
He had a good week six. Other than that, he's been terrible this whole year. Maybe he has a bounce back. Maybe he just needed a little bit of time. He didn't play in 2019. I don't know. I'm still out. There's nobody out there that we're going to magically pick up that's going to fix all this. There just isn't. End of story. So I'm going to leave it at that. Again, i got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Wednesday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com